Welcome into another episode of We're Talking Night. Craig Melanson and Raging Dave. Dave Amato, how are you doing, Dave? I am. I am doing great, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, but I know you're in a foreign country or a foreign land. Or are you out scout, scouting new coaches for Maggard? Is that is that is that what you're doing? Are you interviewing the I, I, uh, I, the Alabama coaching well, staff? Well, OC no. DC? No, but I was in uh, Auburn, Alabama earlier today. I had a. a well, don't bring their DC over here because no. I tell you what. <laughs> no, I had a, I had a, I had a great, a great trip this week. I, uh, I, 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 well, I, I had a good, bad, and ugly trip. I, uh, right before I uh, left, I found out two of my credit cards had been compromised, and I got, I got, I got hit with that. Um, so I was traveling with two less credit cards than I normally would have in my wallet. And then I got to the rental car station and they only had two cars. Well, I'm sorry, three cars left. Um, and one of them was a Dodge Challenger that the guy who was checking in right next to me took. And the other two were a mini Cooper or a, uh, or a Jeep compass. So I had to take the Jeep compass because nobody wants me driving a mini Cooper for four days. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I looked at the Jeep Jeep Compass because it was a smaller. I'm a Jeep guy. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know, I had I had, uh, I had two Grand Cherokees, a Cherokee, and I've got a Wrangler now as well. Yeah. And uh, I looked at the Jeep Compass thinking it was a smaller vehicle that I could get better gas mileage. It actually got worse gas mileage than my Jeep Grand Cherokee. So I'm like, I, what's the point? Yeah, I have the Grand Cherokee as a company vehicle as well, and I okay. uh, that's what I normal that, and I have a little uh, smaller pickup well, truck that I drive. But the you Jeep, don't you don't have I to like worry because Cherokee. you don't have to worry because Bill and I, the science guy, is telling us all that we're going to be in electric cars here. Oh uh, yeah, knowing, well, Bill, uh, Bill Bill Nye, the science idiot, because our power grid cannot even handle yeah. it. It can barely handle what it has. We found that out in Texas last year in the ice storm, but we're not going to go that. That's that's a that's a whole nother podcast a whole another episode that we could do, but we're not going to go that. Let's go, <laughs> no. Brandon. Let's go. Yeah. But let's move on. Let's talk yes, Cajun sir. football. Before we get into Cajun football, let's talk a little bit. Uh, you you probably were a lot closer, and that's why I'm not going to predict a score or a winner this week because I've been I've been wrong with every time I did did a prediction. I predict uh, Georgia Southern, I think second or third in the uh, in the East Division of the Sun Belt. They fit, finished dead last. Um, let, let, let's look at the Eastern Division first because we, we know where we are on on the Western Division. App State, then Coastal. I think the huge surprise is Georgia Southern finishes six and two in conference, seven and five over after their their disastrous start. So I guess the Cajuns game against Georgia State, uh, that I won't say gave them, a, but that team was better than what we thought they were. Yeah, no, I, I, I absolutely agree with you. I will, I will tell you, I am not shocked at the seven and five record with them because I did predict them to be the third best team in the East when we started this. I am shocked that they went six and two in conference. I um, look, this team ended up with the same conference record as Coastal Carolina. They, they're, they're a good football team. And I think once they figured out who their starting quarterback was, and I was completely wrong on that. I, I truly believe that 
Quad Brown was going to be one of the best quarterbacks in the in the Sun Belt Conference. Well, I, th- and, I think you and everybody else that had looked yeah. at it over the last two years. Right. Not only was he not the best quarterback in the Sun Belt Conference, he's not on the roster anymore, and he's looking for a new team to play on. Uh, and they found a new guy in Darren Granger. And 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 look. Uh, Georgia State's going to be a formidable foe next season. I really believe that they've got a lot of things in place. I think Sean Elliott's a good coach. I think they've got they're going to be look. It, it, the East is going to be tough again. App's always good. Coastal's going to be all right, depending on what happens with uh, with Grayson McCall if he decides to come back or not. Um, but I think Georgia State's going to be you know right in that hunt for 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 the you know the the top half of the eastern conference and they they did not shock me being seven to five but they shocked me being six and two in the conference i i think they were they were they were a good football team once they figured it out you brought up coastal so that that brings up a, a good question does uh do the not the million dollar mullet but the uh but the 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 little mullet over there in uh in coastal uh-huh. does he move on and does Grayson, so, but 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 better yet, the question after that, let's follow that up with this: Does Grayson McCall come back if he's not there? So yes, that's that's a very good question. So what's interesting to me is that Jeremy Chadwell is not listed on a ton of teams' shortlist. And I'm shocked at that. You know, two years in a row, he's had a really good football team. He's been in the hunt for the champ. You know, he won the championship last year on a technicality. And then he. No, was- they didn't win the championship. They were co champions. Co champions, right. They did but- not win it. They did not win the championship. All right. right. So, but, but and you should know straight- better than that. Don't let me reach through there. Go to Alabama and slap you. So, well, sorry. Two, stra- two straight double digit win seasons at a team like Coastal. I'm shocked that his name doesn't come up more frequently than it does for head coaching jobs. Uh, and I, I've seen his name a couple of times pop up on some lists, but it's not all, it's never at the top and it's rarely on the big, big, big teams. I mean, he's usually like the fifth, sixth, seventh guy down there. They'll name him as a, as a possibility. So I'm shocked that his name doesn't come up. I think Jeremy Chadwell will be back there. Now, here's the thing. There's, there were 22, and we're not done with this, by the way. I, there's going to be more job openings because there's going to be a lot oh, yeah. more movement, right? But 22 different teams in college football, which is about 18 or 19% of the college football uh, landscape, will have new coaches next year. A lot of them have already named their guys. Some of them are in the process of naming their guys. But because they're about to name people, that means somebody else is not going to be a coach very longer, uh, very much longer at their at their uh, school, and there'll be some more guys fired. So, you, so- do, you, do you really think that though? Because I'm I'm looking at where where the uh, the recruiting timeline comes into this, and to me, it doesn't make if if you're if you would have fired your coach, you would have done it by now, in my opinion. I, I, Colin I and I talked about it earlier. For those that are listening, Craig Malanson here with uh, David Model, we're talking. Dave Amato on the We're Talking podcast. And yes, I have had a few cocktails already. So stop your laughing, people. But no, but Colin and I talked about it earlier on the Seminole Conference. I think everybody would have been fired by now because now we're already into Wednesday night. 
and you're what what are we 10 days away from signing day something like yeah. that yeah no, I agree with you. I agree with you. I just think well, I think look, the AD, if, if, if the AD fires a coach at this point, I think the AD should be fired. Yeah, you know, you're 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 probably pretty accurate with that. I just think that well, first of all, there's a couple of things. One, every offseason, there's some sort of screw up or a scandal or a, something that comes yeah. out that somebody gets well, a late season firing, right? That, that that's different though. Yeah, that's completely different. And then I just got to believe, and, and, and you are you might be right, but I got to believe. Guess my, I guess the one I'm taking, the, uh, and we haven't gotten to the East yet, but, and I'm sorry, I don't mean to keep interrupting you. No, here, no, but, no. That's what we do. That's why we're here. But but Texas State is a good example. I think he would I think he would have been fired already if, if it would not have been. I, I completely agree with that because you and I were on the podcast last week and I said I thought Jake Spadaval was probably done. I, I, that I and, and I'm shocked that he's still there, and, and he is, and, and you're right. It makes no sense at this point to fire him. Um, and I got to believe there's more teams, whether it's a MAC or the Conference USA or AAC or anybody, that feel that way too. They want their coach to be gone, but it's too late in the process to make that call. So I just think that new signing period gives you a whole new d- dimension here. It changes and, a lot. It changes a lot. And, 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 you know, at first I was puzzled with why don't you let the, the Troy coach coach the last game? But then I'm start thinking, I'm going like the earlier you do it. Yeah, man. I mean, you're telling your people we need to change. We need it now. And, and we're going to, we're going to do it. But at the same time, Quite frankly, I would have fired him after the ULM loss. Yeah, and it's not even about recruiting as much as it is is the longer you wait to get your your staff together, yeah. the further behind the eight ball you'll be. So, so you want to get in place and start. You don't have to name your safeties coach, but you better have an offensive and defensive coordinator in line. You know, so you can because because remember with twenty two teams hiring head coaches that means 22 teams are hiring at every position level right Uh, some of these guys will be retained but a lot of them will be moving from one team to another people are just trying to put a staff together at this point and look it's unfortunate the cages are a little bit behind the eight ball but it's they're behind the eight ball for a good reason yeah their coach was that good and look he's staying we're we're happy he's staying to to coach the the, the championship game and whatever happens after that is lined up right. Oh, um, I agree. I mean, I, I I think he has a little bit of a well, I think a vested interest in his legacy and I think and the team. I'm I'm not saying it's done yet because he hasn't said it's done yet, and Doctor Maggard hasn't said it's done yet. That it's possible that he could come. Now that's one of those things that. It could be day of the game or day before the game that he comes in. He's got his assistants in place. He's no, been absolutely. here four years. They know what needs to be done. I look, I would love for him to coach the bowl game. I'm I'm not I'm not oh, I'm not counting on it. Yeah. I'm not expecting it. If he does, man, more power to us, and I think it'll be great. But if he doesn't, you know what? The bowl game is less important to me. And less important to most of our fans than the the, the game Saturday is, and I no, think I agree. But it would be I, I think the problem is for most of our fans, so or or I'm sorry, the fair weathered fans. Uh, I I think the problem is that if we lose this bowl game, 
that we, we drop out of the top 25 and they go, see, we really weren't that good. Yeah. No, I would I love to finish that. it uh, 13 and one or 12 and one. I, no, my math is no. not working right now and I have no, no. I no desire just, to do math. Look, I, I am as big of a Cajun fan as anybody on the planet. I want us to be 13 and one because that, that's a special season and you don't get many 13 and one seasons, no matter who you are in college. Football. Well, not only that 13 state victories, Great you victories. Know. that's exactly, uh, right. I, I, I'm, I'm with you. And I look, I, I want to win every game that we have. And, and I thought about this the other day, you know, and, and I know we're going to, we're going to do more podcasts, but this season has flown by for us. Um, we, we have two more of these of these, type of things to do right tonight and then we're about to we'll do the bowl game i'm sure and then we're done for the season on talking about cajun football and it's it's going to be a little sad because that's always the uh it, that hurts me because i i get so pumped up for college football season and now i've and look i'm pumped up for all cajun sports if you if anybody who knows me knows me um but it's still going to be sad to to walk out of that final game and go we're done <laughs> I mean, think about it, though. All right. So so our, our first three games to start next year, southeastern Louisiana, eastern Michigan at Rice, three games, a 16 game winning streak at the University of Louisiana. I well, mean, come on. I posted this on uh, on Razor Page the other day. We've we've got we've got a a a lion and emu gumbo over a bed of rice. Um, and, and look, we should be favored. And, and, and who's to say what the next game after that is, right? I mean, you're talking about 16, 17, 18 games in a row. Absolutely. We've got, we've got a really, look, Eastern Michigan's finished this year with a winning record and they're going to go to a bowl game. They're, they're going to be a decent football team, but we should be better than them. Rice is yep. a struggling program and we should kill them. So I think they're only going to get worse too yeah. because of their move to the AAC. I'm sorry. And Southeastern is a very good football team in FCS, but they're about to lose Cole Kelly, who is the best quarterback in FCS by far. And they're going to have to put a new guy in place to, as a quarterback. And, and their, their leading candidate, I looked this up. I didn't realize this is a guy by the name of Cephas Johnson, the third. And if anybody knows who Cephas Johnson, the third is, we remember him because he started a game against us when he was at South, South Alabama, but got benched in the middle of the game. So, so, so if that's your best option and he's not a bad quarterback, don't get me wrong, but he's not Cole Kelly. Right. Cole Kelly will be on an NFL roster next year. I, I, I don't have any – there's nothing in my mind that tells me that Cole Kelly won't be playing in the NFL. Cole Kelly could have played – well, he was on an SEC roster. He was a starting quarterback at Arkansas. Yeah. You know, so, so, so yeah, we, we should have no problem with the first three games of the season next year. And, look, our other out-of-conference game is Florida State. Which is so later on in the season, and, that, and that's kind of my point game. is that we, our, but, our first three games are yeah. – September third, tenth, and seventeenth, and and we're gonna be we're gonna hit a conference game. Now, yeah, who and, is and, that and gonna be? Who's that gonna be? Right. And look, as far as I know, and I looked this up, and 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 everything can be changed because there's gonna be some there's gonna be some movement. We might have new teams in the conference earlier than we suspected, and they could change the schedule. But we are right now. We are not expected to play App State. Okay, I, I didn't know who it was. I was gonna bring yeah. that part of it up. Because yeah. when I looked at when I looked at the standings and everything, 
I knew we had, we had Coastal's already been off. Troy's right. already been on Georgia. So, so it was either App State or Georgia State. Yeah. So we're not we're not predicted to play App State next year, which means we'll we'll still have a Coastal and we'll still have a Georgia State who are going to be good football teams. But not having App. Um, Whew, that's one less less uh, thing off our mind. No, look, apps, apps. Uh, I, I wrote it in my in my uh, preview. Apps, the standard bearer of the Sun Belt Cup. Yeah, they, they have. They're, they're, they're a good football team. So, without having to play them until the conference championship, I'm okay with that. <laughs> they're they're the team that scares me the most every time we play them. They're that good. Yeah. So well, I, we, and we bounced around a lot and, and it's fine. I, I, that's what we do. Right. But, but yeah, this is, that's uh, my ADD or H ADD. And I'm not yeah. trying to be sarcastic or funny or, or it's insult be, anybody, but I've got some issues I need to deal with. It's going to be fun. It, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a whole new season. We're going to have new coaches. We're going to have new position players, new quarterback. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. You know, we got to finish this year, but I'm excited about next year. Well, good deal. Um, And I know it's one of those things, but I mean, you look at the any, I guess, any other surprises. The only one to me that's a little bit of a surprise. Well, two of them are actually a little bit of a surprise. I didn't think Arkansas State would be that bad. And I didn't think ULM would win four games, quite honestly. And so, yeah, if you look at the West, I, well, there, there's a lot in the West that 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 I. And, I all right. And, 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 and I'm sorry, but we talked about it earlier, and then all of a sudden, Texas State becomes second in the West. Yeah. Well, so that doesn't surprise me at all that they're second in the West. What surprises me is they if you'd asked me at the beginning of the season, no. But after the first five weeks, yeah. yes. But they finished four and four and eight, which is maybe a little bit better than their normal season, which is yeah. three and nine or two and ten. Um, but they're still they're still a mess, right? And 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 you're right about Arkansas State. I I knew their defense was going to be a struggle. I did not know they were going to be as bad as they were. And they they looked better at the end of the season than they did at the beginning of the season. They looked terrible at the beginning of the season. UL, so UL Monroe shocked me to win four games. Texas State shocked me on the opposite end of winning four games. I thought they would have won maybe one or two more. I thought they were going to be six and six, quite honestly. Yeah. Yep, I was in the same boat. South Alabama was the Jekyll and Hyde team of the season. They looked good in some games and they looked terrible in others. And and look, Arkansas State finishing two and ten. I I just you I when I don't was know the, the last time that happened. Yeah, well, that was what I was. Steve Roberts was the coach the last time that happened. Okay, uh, you know, so so and and that's going back many many years since Steve Roberts was the coach at, at Arkansas State. So, yeah, to see them at the bottom of the West is shocking to me. Did you did you get a chance to watch Coastal's game uh, against South uh, South Alabama Friday I night? Didn't, I did. Okay, I did not at all. See well, then I, I don't want to I, – I got to see parts of it, but I don't really want to comment if you didn't get a chance. But, I mean, to me, that was a little bit of a shocker is all I'll say. Yeah. So. Well, look, I, I, you and I touched on it last week. I think one of the problems – and we saw it the week before with Coastal. They were out. The season was over yeah. for them. And I just don't think they – you know, if they would have had something to play for in that last game, it would have meant a whole lot of difference. But – 
they were going to be nine and three or 10 and two and go into a bowl game, right? They, that's all they were playing for at the end of the season. So I think they, they weren't as motivated as they, they, they could have been because their season was basically over except for a bowl game. Whether they finished, it didn't matter if they finished nine and eight and four, nine and three, or 10 and two. They're going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and that's where they're going to be, right? So, so look, they want to be 10 and two, but would it have mattered if they were eight and four? They're still going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, that that's, uh, I mean, is that really exciting to go to a bowl at your stadium? <laughs> no offense, but I mean, seriously. No, it, well, look, it would, I mean, been for, it would have been for us many years ago if we would have played the New Orleans Bowl in, in Cajun. Yeah, Hill, but, <laughs> but, 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 but at the same time, Dave, that would, that would have been our first been, bowl game. Yeah, no, no, no. Coastal going to the, the Myrtle Beach Bowl, and, and that's where they're going to be. There's no question. No, there's, yeah. Nobody else is going to the Myrtle Beach Bowl uh, out of the Sun Belt except for Coastal. But, yeah, no, it wouldn't have meant the Hill of Beach. To be honest with you, uh, and uh, and I'm sure the uh, Myr- Myrtle Beach uh, Convention and Bureau Center is very happy to have Coastal and nobody else coming into their town that week. Well, yeah, so so that's exactly right. <laughs> and you'll the hotel some, people, are, I'm sure. Right, you'll have some alumni come back that may live out of town, but they're probably going to be playing a team like Eastern Michigan, who isn't going to travel at all, yeah. and. And, and it's going to be a bunch of Coastal fans. It's going to be like they're a, a regular season out-of-conference game for them. Yeah, I mean, unlike when the Cajuns travel to New Orleans, where, where yeah. you know, we, we're sticking thirty or 40,000 fans in there, more than we have, have unfortunately. I, I, well, I tell you, let's quit right there. Let's take our first break. You're <laughs> listening to We're Talking with Craig, uh, Craig Melanson and David Mono. almost forgot my name for a second there, and I really have not had that much to drink. But when we come back, We'll get Dave's opinion on App State, the game that's coming up, and then we'll look at uh, a little bit ahead. But before we do that, when we come back, Dave and I are going to talk a little alcohol. We're talking Craig Melanson, David Model, right back after this. Welcome back into We're Talking tonight, Craig Melanson. I said, I said, uh, yeah. Welcome back in. It's not welcome to another episode. I did say welcome back in. You See, did. that's what happens when we when we take a little bit longer break in between. I kind of forget where we are, but at the same time, that's always good though to take the a fun, little longer break. The fun thing, the fun thing would be to see to have these people hear what we talk about when we're off the air because it's just as good as the uh, on-air conversation. Well, you know, local yokel and the million-dollar mullet. I know local yokel is no longer yokel, local yokel. But I can't pronounce his other name. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you do it. I, I got, think it's. I think it's. Is, is it Esposito? Esposito? Maybe I could be wrong. I, we're gonna I, have to find out about that. You know, maybe not on air, but we're gonna have to find out what's going on there. Because so, you know, so, when so we I've were known, in, I've known Wayne. A, I, I've known Wayne a long time, and I, I, I love Wayne. He's one of the best people on earth, and I know he listens to his podcast all the time. And we met many many years ago at the cayman islands basketball game that's where i but, met him and and he doesn't know this story but i do believe it was about two years after i met him that i learned his name was wayne <laughs> i called i called him to everyone i knew and he would and i never said his name to his face but i called him local yokel for the longest time because i had no idea what his real name was well, one of our other friends on, on Raging Page, and shout out to the guys on Raging Page, and Turbine does a great job with the site. 
thank you for cleaning up all the mess turbine appreciate it very much don't like it all the time especially when it's my comments that you're cleaning up but i do agree it needs to be done but to your point um uh, uh one one of the guys on there bo cajun i think the first time i was uh, i knew his name but i said hey bo bo and i'm like and to his 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 uh you know, it's funny because my name Mel Rock on there is is a, a play on my name yep. and a play on my days of basketball. So it's one of those things that uh, uh, if you call me Mel Rock, I know exactly who you're talking to. So, well, look, you got to be you got to be more like me and 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 one of my really good friends on there, Joe. Uh, no, although he uses the J-E-A-U-X spelling of Joe. We don't hide what our name is. Everybody yeah. knows I'm Dave. They know he's Joe. <laughs> Wayne Wayne had to be local yokel and it confused and the million dollar million dollar mullet he's changed his name a couple of times well that's a, yeah I was wondering about that because I, I when I when I met him up in App State a couple of years ago it, he was not introduced as the million dollar mullet yeah so so so, so he's he's a, a big shout out to, to him um, he he got me in touch with my real estate agent uh, who helped me buy my house when we moved back to Lafayette. And if it wouldn't have been for a million dollar mullet, I would, I would still probably be looking for a house. So uh, big shout out to, to those guys. They're, they're, they've, they've been friends for a, a while now. And it, they, they took me in as soon as I moved back to Lafayette, like we've known each other our whole lives. So, so good guys. they're good guys, really good guys. So, all right. The real question what everybody wants to know is, what are you having tonight? What kind of sissy IPA are you no, drinking? No IPA. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sweet <laughs> Mary, Mother of God, you are – I might be able to something I can drink. So, 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 yeah, it actually might fit up your uh, your alley a little bit. So, so, so I played golf at a Robert Trent Jones golf course today in Opelika. Uh, beautiful course um, at the Marriott in Opelika, just beautiful place. Um, and after we finished, my plan was to go, there are two breweries in Opelika, and I'm a big brewery guy. I, I like to go check out the local brewery scene. But we, we finished the golf, we played at 10, we didn't finish until about two or three. And then we, um, we, we went and had a, like an early dinner. And after I finished the early dinner, I was like, oh, shit, I got to get to Montgomery because I got to get on a plane tomorrow morning. So I said, I'm just going to drive to Montgomery. I'm going to skip the breweries in Opelika because there's probably more breweries in Montgomery. Well, when I got here, I realized there's only one brewery in Montgomery, Alabama, uh, which is a little disappointing for it to be a bigger city. But I found that it's right next to about a mile from my hotel and it's Common Bond Brewing. And it's called the Rambler. And it's a rye amber, which is a very odd con combination of beers. Uh, but it's really good. So I bought a handful of those and brought them back to my hotel room. Good. I've never heard of such a thing, but I'm not saying it doesn't. But so it's had, got me I, intrigued. I'm not saying I'm going to like it, but it's got <laughs> me intrigued to the point where I might have to find that my next trip. So I, I, I actually, um, I've had a rye IPA, which they make a lot of rye IPAs and they're, sorry. they're very good. And I've had an amber, but I've never had a rye amber. So, um, this is a, this is a, a new one for me. 
Well, for me, it's very simple. It's one of the things, and for those that are traveling through Texas or some other state and would like to bring me a bottle of Elijah Craig Rye back, it's about $32 a bottle, 94 proof. I will gladly pay you the 32 or the $35 if you bring me a bottle back because it cannot be found here in Louisiana, to my oh. knowledge. So uh, beers are, uh, and I'm sure is uh, beers and bourbons or whiskeys are, are probably the same that just because you are licensed in one state yeah. to sell it, you've not necessarily in another state. So they well, can't just ship it to Louisiana. Right. And the problem with craft beer um, is there's, uh, there's not, there's not enough distribution for yeah. a lot of these craft breweries who are small, little, you know, privately owned to family owned companies. So what happens is they may distribute in their own state, like this common, uh, common right. bond brewing is probably all over Alabama, but you get outside Alabama and you can't find it anywhere. So that's, that's why I hit the beer, the brewery scene so much is because I, I can't find this beer. I won't find this anywhere else. Um, I will tell you this. I, I, if, if you're, if you're a Costco member, not you, Craig, cause I, I know you're not a huge beer guy, but if you're a Costco member and you're listening to this podcast, my wife bought me one of the greatest gifts of all times. And she doesn't listen to this podcast because she doesn't give a shit about football. So <laughs> I was going to say she doesn't give a shit about you, but thanks, well, she, but... Doesn't, she doesn't give a shit about me either. But I will tell you, she bought me an, a beer advent calendar. What? Um, yes. From it's, Costco? From Costco. It's 24 different German beers. And it's everything from Hefeweizens to an IPA to a, <laughs> to a, um, uh, to a, some Ambers. I mean, it's all over the board. And they're all 16-ounce beers. So it's, it's a pint instead of a 12-ounce beer. It's the greatest gift a wife could ever give to her husband. Costco and here in Lafayette? Costco here in Lafayette. And, and, and I was asked this question today, and, and I know we're all over the board, but this is what makes this podcast fun. I was asked today by my uh, very good friend, he said, what are you getting your wife for her for Christmas? And I said, you know, I haven't even started thinking about Christmas yet. And it's what, three months, yeah, three weeks away. And I said, I said, here's what I know my wife wants. A German uh, advent calendar, which was really for me. She would like a, um, a 380 EZ pistol. Um, that she doesn't want but i want it she would like <laughs> she would like a um a smoker um and, and 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 i think the last thing she would like is a 250 gallon um uh propane tank for our outdoor kitchen that we have and i think those four would be the best christmas gifts that any woman would ever expect from a loving husband like myself I'll tell you, I got a little egg corn this year for myself. Went and $149, Beth's $149 I've spent. I have smoked wings. I end up getting, uh, here's your plug for tonight, Joey's on Bertrand. Uh, I was able to get a turkey from Joey's on Bertrand, and I ended up smoking the, uh, smoking the turkey. Uh, you can get a turkey that is almost fully cooked. It takes about an hour after that that you put it in the oven and your family's ready to eat, whether it's Christmas or whatever. Uh, but uh, Joey gave me a turkey and uh, got a couple of bottles of liquor there as well. I know you're shocking there. 
a uh, little Elijah Craig toasted barrel. And what was the other one I bought? Oh, wise, wise man. Was it wise man? Oh, no, it was the Mellick, uh, JT Mellick, uh, Louisiana uh, rice whiskey. Yeah. Um, so, but uh, at Joey's, so go there. But no, I've been, I've loved my smoker and everything. And I tell you, I, for $10, you can get a, uh, I think it's called a yard of wood from uh, mm -hmm. Costco, uh, not Costco, from Albertsons right in front. Yep. And I, I smoked it with pecan. It is freaking awesome, man. And nice. I love doing the wings in that too. So, oh, um, so good to know. Good to know. So let's get off of this. Let's roll on some football here. <laughs> um, I, I want to go back uh, a little bit to uh, uh, the App State Georgia Southern game because I think that is a key on how maybe not to slow them down uh, per mm -hmm. se. And I know I'm throwing you off guard here because you we, are now. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta. I, gotta I know. I see right you now. scrambling on the on the camera there, uh, but um, you know, I just, I, I just, when I see this, and I really think, you know, they're passing. Bryce Chase was 12 for 24. All right, mm -hmm. first let's go back. Uh, App State wins 27 to three. Yep. Bryce Chase is 12 for 24. He got sacked two times. He had two TDs. But here's what gets me. App State rushing, six carries for 31 yards, six carries for 26 yards, seven carries for 25 yards, nine carries for 21 yards. Is that going to – I mean, I'm just – I know we're going to go into the defense side here. I know we said the offense, but I want to go into the defense first for uh, – well, actually, we are talking about the offense for App State. I'm sorry. You, you're throwing me for loops. I've got to. I got to. I got to stay. I got to. No, gotta, we are going to talk about their offense and talk about. We're not going to talk about it. But, 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 but on the offensive side of the ball for App State, how do they? I, and I don't get me wrong. Uh, Georgia Southern was not exactly themselves. Eleven for twenty-four, four sacks, eight for thirty-eight, eight carries for thirty-eight, fourteen carries for twenty-seven, seven carries for seventeen. So they weren't exactly a stellar football team. But what is that? Does that tell you anything about how to stop App State's offense? It, well, it does. Um, to this point, we we had a really good game plan the first time we played them. Uh, now there was a missing piece to that, and that was Cam Peoples, who's a really good running back who did not play um, in that game. Um, and and they're going to be fully healthy at the running back position. They've got a three headed monster just like we do. Um, but, but like you said, Georgia Southern put it on them. Um, they had all three of their running backs last week. They played against the Georgia Southern team that had nothing to play for. And, 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 and app did not pound the ball down their throats. Like I would have expected they would have. Um, and, and then, again, they've got three really good running backs. Um, well, shameless plug here. If you haven't listened to it yet, uh, some about conference, uh, review and preview uh, with, with Colin Lacey of the Georgia Southern Sports Network on We're Talking. Right now you're listening to We're Talking with Craig Malas and David Mono. But Colin told me that that game was the first time, I think, in the history of the matchup that neither team rushed for 100 yards. Not individuals. Yeah, you're right. I'm team, looking at it. 
Yeah, I'm looking at the leading rusher for Georgia Southern was at 38 yards and the leading rusher for App State had 36 yards. And what's interesting about that is the guy who led them in rushing was not one of their big three. It was a it was a different guy who I'm not I didn't even have him listed when we when I had my preview of running backs. He's only had Anderson Castle has only had 41 carries all season and he was the leading running back for them. So so. Look, I, I think we did a very good job against them. I think Georgia Southern showed that you can slow them down. Their, their running back committee is a lot like we were, and it's a lot like we are still today, but a lot like we were a couple of years ago. Nate Noel is not a big, big guy. He's, our, he's their Raymond Calais. He is capable of breaking long runs. Um, and then Datrick Harrington, who's been beat up in the last couple of years and really hasn't been healthy, and Cam Peoples, who is probably their most complete back, but he's been beat up. I, I Look, if you could slow down that running game, there's two things about App State's offense that every time I look at it, I say, this is how you beat them. You slow down their running game and you pressure Chase Bryce. Chase Bryce is a very talented quarterback who is very good. But when he's under duress and he doesn't get sacked much, that team has only given up 10 sacks all season. But what he does, and we saw a glimpse of this when we played him, he makes terrible decisions when he's under pressure so he doesn't get sacked. And he threw the ball behind him in a lateral that ended up being a turnover that changed the complexion of that game because he he just makes terrible mistakes. He has the ability to turn the ball over. He will throw interceptions under pressure. If he's got time to sit in the pocket, he is he, he can destroy you. But as soon as he gets pressure on him, he's going to make a mistake. So you slow down the running game and you pressure the quarterback and you can beat them. Do you, do you think this is – I'm, I'm just looking in here in net yards. I mean, Georgia Southern was not able to get to tackle. They weren't able – the only losses for tackles were uh, were sacks, yeah. were the two quarterback sacks, which totaled minus nine yards, which, okay, I'm good with that. Uh, but at the, at the same time, it seems to me that if, if we put the pressure on – and I tell you what, if Chauncey Manack plays – Chauncey Manack football, my gosh. So if if Chauncey, who has been playing lights out the last couple of weeks, like just lights out, and and Andrew, uh, I'm sorry, maybe I've had too many. Andrew Jones is, has played well too. That's that's Andre Jones is what Andre I was Jones. So, I'm sorry. Yeah. If 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 those two guys who are dynamic pass rushers play like they have the last couple of weeks. And again, it doesn't mean you sack Chase Bryce. Right. It means you get in his face and you make him move. Chase Bryce is not very athletic as far as a scrambling quarterback. But if you can force him to move, he he's going to make mistakes. And and it's the key is going to be Andre. I'm going to tell you three guys on this football team on Saturday to watch out for. Andre Jones, Chauncey Manack, and Zion Hill. Well, I was going to bring up Zion Hill for the fact of that one thing you don't hear a lot of times maybe be Zion Hill's name 
is that because he's being double teamed, double triple teamed, team, and then when he does break through, he's getting hit by a running back yep. by somebody else. And Zion Hill is a man child. I he's, mean, he's, he's no longer a child. I'm sorry, but I mean, he is good. He's as good of a defender. He's he is one of those. God, I'm trying to think of this. The Saints had some back in the day, some great defensive well, linemen who didn't put up great numbers. No, but, but, but they, it, were, they were just it's, hard to block. It's, it's one of those things that I think we talked about it here when, when the Saints were looking at, uh, you know, Hugh Green was, yeah. was the number one pick for, for the Dolphins. And because Hugh Green had all the sacks and everything, well, the Saints but, kept looking at it. And, and they Jackson found out that Ricky, Ricky Jackson, yeah, Ricky Jackson was better because they were double teaming Ricky Jackson, and that's why Hugh Green and who played yeah. longer in their league, Ricky Jackson, yeah, that, that, and, and so, who put up bigger numbers. No, but but no, I, I I look the key to the Cajuns this weekend against this very formidable App State deep, uh, offense is going to be the pressure on the quarterback and slowing down their running game. You don't have to stop them. You just got to slow them down. They're they're good. They're going to get some yards here and there, but but just get in their face. Last week, Dietrich Harrington had a long of fifteen yards. Andrew Castle, uh, I'm sorry, Anderson Castle had a long of ten yards. Camp Peoples had a nine yard run. Nate Noel had a seven yard run. You take those four plays out of the game, and those running well, backs didn't go anywhere. I understand that, but I don't like to do that because that's what. Uh all the non Cajun fans around here want to talk about is how I'll say this is that if you take away the punt return and the, uh, the pick six, it's all part of the game. And I understand what you're saying, but well, every listen, part of the game. I know. Well, the only reason I'm saying that is Dietrich Harrington had six carries for 26 yards and he had one carry for 15. Yeah. If you take that play away from him, the one big run he had, he had five carries for 11 yards yeah they really shut down that running game and well, we, let me ask we got to do the same yeah Let, let's let's move on let's talk about uh and i don't want to go into the the positions as as any changes on the offensive line for app state from the first time we played them i guess nope and, and look, okay. look this is the same football team that we faced the last time with the exception of camp peoples will okay. be probably healthy well now that you brought that up You've answered my other three questions on the receivers and the running uh, running backs and quarterback. Yeah. So uh, let's take our next break, though, Dave. Uh, no, seriously, no. That that's that's why I was asking because I know I I knew. Uh, and the funny part is, I'm looking I'm looking here at the screen, and his name is Cam Run, R U N. I mean, how how? Yeah. I mean, how how do you have a, and not be a running back? It, it has to be. It, it was like the guy who played for uh, Arkansas State a couple of years ago. His name was D-Line, yeah. and he was a defensive lineman. Well, at least we're not going to be uh, – we're not going to be hearing the name Boogie Knights all night long. I'm, look, I am so glad Boogie Knight. we're done with uh, ULM, so I don't have to hear Boogie Knight anymore. All right, well, you're listening. We're talking Craig Malosa on Dave Amato. Raging Dave. And Mel Rock will be right back after this brief timeout. Welcome back into We're Talking Tonight. Craig Melanson, Dave Amato. Dave, I, I know we touched on it in a few spots. But let's 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 go back to the defensive side of the ball for App State. 
uh, any anybody new there on the defensive line or the linebackers? No, nope, they're healthy. They they've got the same team that we saw um, uh, earlier in the season. And look, it all starts with one of the best players on defense in the Sun Belt Conference, DeMarco Jackson, in the middle of their linebacking core, and Demetrius Taylor on the defensive line. Um, and and then they've got you know two decent cornerbacks, but one really good cornerback in Sean Jolly. Stephen Jones Jr. is decent, but but Sean Jolly's a, a difference maker in the backfield. They're they're solid at again. We it, you know obviously we're repeating a lot of things from an earlier uh, yeah. podcast about App State, but they're good. They have a special player at every level of the defense. Um, and, and it starts with Demetrius Taylor up front, DeMarco Jackson in the middle and, uh, and, and Sean Jolly in the back half. Um, but they're a good football team. And, and we had a very good formula for them the first time we played. And we gotta, we're gonna have to, look, they, they've got a smart coach. Sean Clark's a very smart guy. He is going to try to change things up on us because he knows we, we beat them physically on the offensive and defensive line this is and I went back and we talked about it briefly on the previous podcast when we when we reviewed the app game briefly but the difference in that game was as good as DeMarco Jackson was and as good as Demetrius Taylor is both of those guys had their worst games of the season against the Cajuns which meant our offensive line was taking them away and we were beating them with – they were going to have to – another player was going to have to beat us, and they couldn't do it because those guys are so special. They didn't have another player that could beat us. Uh, I agree. Uh, anything on the defensive backfield, though, that, that that's different than what we face? No, right. it's same guys. All right, let's move on to special – Yeah, let's, let's, let's move on to special teams because it's one of the things that I want to touch on. Because, yeah. you know, you and I talked off air about uh, about what happened, because if you look at strictly the stats on the individual stats, I should say, you would mm-hmm. say, hey, that was a 10-7 game, a 10-3 game, you know, maybe a 14 game at most. But it was a 27-3 game for App State over Georgia Southern. I yep. mean, uh, I, I, Jalen Virgil uh, returns a kickoff for 97 yards. I think that is key. Because what they they have done in the past in the championship games when the Cajuns have played at App State, they have come out and punched them in the mouth or come out in the second half and punched them in the mouth with kickoff returns, which were keys to their victory, in my opinion. Is this guy that good? Virgil's special. He's he's their fourth best wide receiver, and and he's only the fourth best wide receiver because the other three guys are really good. Um, and, and he doesn't play a lot on, I mean, he plays a lot on offense, but he doesn't see the ball as much on offense because the other three guys are good, but where he is dangerous is as a return man. He, he reminds me a lot of Raymond Calais before Raymond Calais became a, a, a running back for us when he was really more of a special teams guy. Um, Virgil is athletic and fast. Um, and if he gets in the open field, he can beat anybody that we have. Um, he's got two kickoff returns this season, one for 97 yards and a touchdown and the other one for a hundred yards and a touchdown. He is explosive and we are going to have to make sure that the one good thing is, and, and, and Nate Schneider has been questionable on field goals. 
But Nate has been angling his kickoffs all season long. He cannot kick it to the end zone very often. But what he does is he punches it to the corner, which makes it really hard for the return man to break anything because he's kind of trapped in that corner. He's going to have to be really good this week because Virgil, if he gets in the open field, is a dangerous guy. Let's go back to uh, our let's go on the on the punt return side. Malik Williams, mm-hmm. uh, I noticed that he he had a couple returns, the longest one twenty six. I think that's another issue that the Cajuns are going to have to deal with. Yep. I think we have to play. I won't say. I think on the on when when we kick to them, we have to play perfect ball. Yeah, I'm yeah. not saying when we when on our field goals and everything we have to be perfect. But I think if we can shut them down on the return game, I yeah. think our defense is there. Yeah. Especially I, with the big defensive backs we have. Yeah, I, I I agree with you wholeheartedly on that. Um, the good news for us, like I said, the dangerous thing for us is that Nate Schneider does not kick it through the end zone very often. But I think he's 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 smart enough to put the ball in spots that it helps our our kickoff guys get down the field and, and stop things. Reese Burns has been a special player this year. And 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 you know, he doesn't outkick his coverage a lot, but he kicks the ball far and he kicks it hard. He keeps good hang time. I think that's helped us not get hurt too much on punt returns. But look, they got two dangerous guys back there. Uh, Virgil and Malik Williams are good, and they're really good. We're going to have to make sure they don't get loose. Um, so, so Reese might have to kick the ball to the to the sideline a little bit. He may have to back them up. We're, you know, we're going to have to get some guys down there and, and put them on the ground because what we don't want to give up is cheap touchdowns or cheap, you know, yardage for no reason. Um, so, yeah, special teams is going to be key in this game because. App has a real – at every level of their special teams, they're good. Their punter isn't great. Their field goal kicker is very good. Their return men are very good. Um, so we're going to have to be able to control the special teams. I I mean, couldn't have said it better. I think I think that's way, way important to us, mm-hmm. quite right. quite frankly. So, um, all right, lastly, I, I, know, I know I told you I was going to – pull this in here real quick and and i don't want to spend a whole lot of time on it but have you noticed uh i'm I'm just looking at their schedule yeah one thing that stands out to me is that of their let's see what's their record here sorry 10 and 2 10 and 2 their two losses they fail to score 30 points of their 10 wins Nine of those wins were above 30 points. Their only one was their last game of the season, 27 to three against Georgia Southern. Uh, but you know, so you can say if they get to 27, they win. Uh, mm-hmm. so I mean, yeah, they look, I, they have not been as explosive of an offensive team as they have been in years past. Um, their defense has been really good. Now, I say that, and then we put you know. 41 on them, I believe it was. Um, so, so they, this is the biggest fear that, that you have with this football team. ECU scored 19, Miami scored 25, Elon scored 10. I'm not worried about that. Marshall yeah. did get 30 against them, but then Georgia State 16, take us out of the equation. Yep. Yeah. 
Coastal got 27. ULM got 28, but most of those were garbage points. Arkansas State got 14. USA got seven. Troy got seven. Georgia Southern got three. They've got they've got multiple games on their schedule that they didn't give up 15 points. Right. You know, that's the key. We we were the we're the oddball in this whole season for them to give up 41 points. They don't give up a lot of points very often. Um, and look, I, I, I said it before, I think we're going to have to score 35 points to beat this team. Um, I, I, I think we need to be in the thirties and if we get in the thirties, I think we win the game. If it's lower than that, it's going to be, it's going to be a crapshoot. It's, we're going to have to get points scored. We can't play like we did against ULM. We can't play like we did against some other teams. We got to start fast and we got to finish fast. And that's going to be the difference in this in this game. Well, I'm I'm not going to call you out and say you're wrong or you're right because I really don't know, and I've been wrong all season long. So I'm just going to keep my mouth shut here. So, but uh, any last words of wisdom before we hang it up for the night? Uh, yeah, no. Look, we need to, and, and this has been the mantra for the Cajuns, right? Or at least the Cajun coaches, Brian Maggard, uh, athletic director, and, and Billy Napier all season. You know, get there early, wear red, and stay late, right? Well, this this is the game we need every – and I know I, I keep hearing that ticket sales are great and it's predicted well, to be a sellout. I, I, we need – every fan there well the thing about ticket sales is one thing it, it uh, part of that is that's reserve seating i don't think they have yeah. a, a true number of general mission but to that to that effect it, it's cajun fans all your little buddies that wear purple and puke or <laughs> uh tell them that why don't they support other cajun uh you when when they when they ask you why don't you support lsu ask them how many of them bought tickets to this game that's in their hometown it's a matter of fact that this game right here will bring money into the town of Lafayette, the city of Lafayette. This is good for our economy. I'm sorry. All right now, let's go. Brandon is not happening. We need something other than that. Tourism in our state is the third leading uh, uh, cause for revenue in the state. So ask them why are not, when they ask you, why did you not, why don't you support LSU by pulling for them in the national championship game or against Alabama or whoever it might be uh, besides telling that, you know, Alabama wears red, we wear red. So screw the, the purple and puke, but that's a no, whole nother issue there, but tell them, why aren't you supporting, forget the Cajuns. Why aren't you supporting your, your town? That's right. This is this look, this is an opportunity for us to show all of the world, you know, the, we're going to be on ESPN. We're going to be, you know, we're not butted up against some of the big games. And I know it's championship weekend and people are going to be watching games, but, but most of the bigger games are a little bit after us or, or starting while we're on. People should be at this game. I mean, like this is, this is, we've never hosted a conference championship. We've, yeah been in the last three and one of those never happened but this is home for us and 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 craig you've been you've been to app 
for the conference championship game. Been that five you, times. You know how special that place is when it's sold out. When but they I also get, know what Cajun Field is like. That's right. When it's packed. When when you get to, and look, App State's got a beautiful stadium. It's built on a wonderful venue. Yeah. Everything about it's nice. It's not as big as Cajun Field. It's not as you know. We we've got a lot of things that we bring to the table for this game, but when their students show up and when their fan base shows up, that place is loud. It's crazy, and it's 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 one of the most electric places on earth. We need to make Cajun Field electric this weekend, and wow. and it's it's going to be. We need to have the students there. It's no longer a Thanksgiving weekend. This is a weekend you show up. You stay late and you get as loud as you can. This is the this is the possibly the last game that Billy Napier coaches for this team, and we need to send him out with a bang. And this is a chance to do it. Win this weekend. We're number twenty four in the college football playoff. We're number twenty in the in the AP poll, and we're number twenty one in the coaches poll. And number one in your heart. And number one in your heart. You win this weekend with a big win and it's going to go a long way to having the Cajuns have a season that nobody's going to forget in this town. Well, if and, it was up to, if it was up to me, I would flood one of the parking lots and make, uh, and make it those, state pull their buses up right in right. between there and let the alligators snap at them for a while, yeah. but it's not up to me. Be so, there, but, be loud, have fun. This is a special day and I don't care. This is the one time I'm going to say this. I don't give a crap how long the lines are in the beer line this weekend. I don't care. Buy two. Get there early. Get in line. Buy That's two. Exactly sit down. Right. I don't care if I have to wait for my beer. Be there. If you're there and I have to wait longer, that means it's a good day. Yeah. Well, so. for, uh, for myself, Craig Malonson and Dave Amato, Remember to uh, go Cajuns, go out and support your local business that support the Cajuns. Uh, Joey's on Bertrand, our Garrett over at the Acadiana uh, Religious Store, and always support the RCAF. If you want us to move to the next level, that's the best way to do it. Support those businesses, whether it be the LHC Group or uh, Our Lady of Lords Stadium. Uh, thank you for all those that support the Cajuns and support Lafayette. And if you're a true true citizen of Lafayette. Uh, it doesn't matter if you're a Cajun fan or not. You will be in Cajun field on Saturday. Uh, Dave, thanks for the night. And we'll go always Cajun. go Cajuns. Any redistribution or reproduction of any part or all of the contents in any form is prohibited, except, ah, uh, who the hell are we kidding? Distribute it, share it, put it in your podcast, broadcast it, or put it on social media. Just give credit where credit's due.